everybody, this is Daniel Patrick, and this is episode number 45 of the Mandolins of Beer podcast, brought to you in part by my favorite website, the Mandolin Cafe. It's also brought to you by Peghead Nation, with Peghead Nation streaming video courses in mandolin, guitar, banjo, fiddle, dobro, ukulele, and bass. You'll learn bluegrass, old-time, and other styles from some of the most talented players and instructors in Roots Music. Uh, PegheadNation.com features a great lineup of mandolin instructors, including beginning mandolin and intermediate bluegrass mandolin and her new course, uh, Bluegrass Mandolin Fingerboard Method with Sharon Gilchrist, Bluegrass Mandolin Jam Favorites and the Advancing Mandolinist with Joe K. Walsh, Monroe-style mandolin with Mike Compton, Melodic Mandolin Tunes with John Reichman, Chord Melody Mandolin with Aaron Weinstein, Irish Mandolin with Marla Fibish, Theory for Mandolin, and Fiddle with Chad Manning. Courses include high-quality, multi-angle video lessons, downloadable notation and tab, play-along tracks, and plenty of tunes and songs to play. And check this out. Get the first 30 days free from Peghead Nation if you go to PegheadNation.com and use the promo code MANDOLINBEER at checkout. MANDOLINBEER, that's all one word. Also, it's brought to you by the AnyTune app. Um, I got a couple emails this week talking about the AnyTune app, and they love it. It's it's great. If you're using apps to slow down music, this is the one to use. Um, again, you can slow down. You can change the pitch. You can put bookmarks in. You can loop it. But more importantly, there's that killer reframe section where you can actually find the frequency that the instrument you're trying to transcribe is in and zero right in on it. It's it's amazing. And you can uh, go to mandolinsofbeer.com. Go to my sponsors page, and you can get links to all of these websites. So uh, be sure to check them out. Uh, them sponsoring the podcast means a lot. You listening to this podcast means a lot. I really, really appreciate it. If you haven't left a review on the iTunes uh, Apple Store, please leave a review. Uh, hit subscribe if you're listening. That's the best. If you want to go to Patreon, I've got some new videos going up there. I'm going to be going over how to solo and come up with a solo for Nine Pound Hammer. Um, and I'm actually going to break down two of Don's licks that we talk about uh, this episode, and I will show you how to play those. They're killer, and that's on my Patreon page, and you can follow that for 4 bucks a month. Um, you can just support it, or for 8 bucks a month, you get the video lessons and the tabs when there's tabs. Uh, so there we go, everybody. Next week, um, Nate Lee is on there, and this week I started this. This is a kind of a new segment with Don. We've had him on the show already, so you kind of are familiar with him. If you're not, go back and listen to the first podcast with him, but... Uh, now that he's got this new Elmo, we go track by track, which is uh, one of my favorite things to do, and we kind of do that next week with Nate as well. He's got an incredible album coming out as well, so lots of lots of really good stuff coming out in the mandolin world here in the next few weeks. It's it's amazing, so cheers, everybody. Thank you all for the support. Let's get into this podcast with Don. Go out and buy his new album. I'm going to post a link. It's not available everywhere yet. He's got a Bandcamp page that's available today where you can get the album, and I highly recommend you do. And then some of the other outlets like Spotify, iTunes, and all that stuff will be coming up in the next few days, probably by Friday, I believe. But today's Wednesday, so let's show Don some mandolins of beer love and grab that new album. All right, cheers, everybody. Talk to you soon. Now I'd like to welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Don Sternberg. Don, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty well, thanks, Daniel. Awesome, great to talk to you. Um, it's Same been, here. It's been a minute. Glad I got to see you live when I did back in uh, <laughs> <laughs> in Atlanta with you and Frank. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, 
thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. And um, you were just mentioning you did finally get to play uh, a, a safe outdoor gig here just this past past couple days. Yeah, just a couple days ago, uh, there's a uh, a church that hires me to play um, <clears throat> bluegrass or or jazz at uh, you know some of their Sunday services uh, a few times a year, and uh, their, their whole summer they they have uh, services on uh on the beach right on the shore of lake michigan uh, uh and almost got to play out there again but then at the last minute it was moved up to a into a park uh under a gazebo but it, you know so we did a an outdoor service there and uh it worked out it was just, it was goofy as heck but uh <laughs> You know, I found out uh, the hard way that singing through a mask is really not, uh, <laughs> let's just say it's not recommended. Yeah, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it did feel good to, you know, it, it felt definitely felt good to, you know, as in playing and, and singing to actually see other humans out there listening. Yeah, and you you did a couple live stream events during this time as well? Yeah, I've um there's a band that I play with here in town that had a uh has a, a regular Monday night gig and uh the singer band leader uh converted it to uh an online thing like um uh you know, Zoom or crowdcast kind of thing where mm-hmm. you she has each member of the band uh play a few solo tunes and uh so we're putting that up every every Monday. And, uh, that's, it's been a blessing just to, you know, have, uh, that as an outlet as well, you know, just to keep my hands moving and stuff like that. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. So, and then you, and have, I've been, oh, go ahead. I've been, I, I've, I've done, you know, a bunch of Mondays like that. And then luckily I've been invited by, uh, uh a couple of people to, to, uh, do the assembly things like, you know, I'm going to play my part on this tune and then you play a part and uh, we'll put that up, you know, some uh, just, you know, uh, recorded video things. So uh, I did one with, a, a, I, I did a, a real fun one with uh, this great young guitar player from California named Jimmy Grant. And uh, yeah, and Jimmy is a, uh, He's a great gypsy jazz style player. In fact, I met him at Django in June uh, several years ago, and we hit it off. And uh, he was one of the the nice guys who called and said, "Hey, we we should do something." And uh, we we made uh, a duet of just one of those things in the in the kind of jazz style, you know. And yeah, people seem to like that. You know, they, they he he put that up, and that's oh, out there. I'm gonna have to check that out. Let's talk about your new album, Straight Ahead. Holy cow. I've been lucky enough to listen to this here for the past few days. And man, what a great album. Well, thank you. Absolutely. When did you, uh, when did you start recording this? Uh, it was last fall. Uh, I think we got our sessions in like, uh, well, maybe even early winter, like October, November. Uh, first part of December. Wow, cool. Yeah, 
and then I ended up mixing it uh, in the first part of this year. And oddly enough, uh, uh, Steve Rashid and I, he's the producer, engineer guy, um, we uh, <laughs> we we finished mixing it and mastering it, and then the then the whole uh, thing hit. You know, I mean, I was I would have put it out in in the uh, early part of March, except it was really literally the day that we finished everything on it. Then the next day the lockdowns began. You know, so. Wow. It, uh, you know, I've, I I got to a point here just a few weeks ago where I I thought, you know what, I can't hold this back anymore. <laughs> I <better laughs> get it out there. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's it sounds great. Did you record it up up in the Chicago area? Yeah, I uh, went to the same studio where I've done all my records. Uh, oh, great, right? And uh, it uh, my my best pal Steve Rashid, his studio is. Uh, one town away from me, you know, just to, I, I drive a few blocks and I'm there and, uh, he knows how to, how I like things to sound and, uh, very comfortable situation to work in. So the whole album sounds great. He captures every instrument. Like normally I'm very, uh, you know, like first thing, obviously I'm listening for is like mandolin tones and knowing you, I mean, you could have recorded it on a cassette deck <laughs> from, uh. from the seventies. It would have sounded great, but I was just really really uh um stunned at like how great he captured the guitar and the bass and the drums like everything sits so well in the mix yeah he's uh uh, uh you know uh well let's put it this way he's really really old so he's done so <laughs> much of this stuff. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding he's well no i'm not he's as old as i am so you know he but uh yeah i i I, I'm always going to go back there because uh, that's that's his gift for sure. Is he the way I'll say it is he knows what these things are supposed to sound like? You know. Yeah. Do you um do you get you guys do it all live? Well, yes and no. Um, <clears throat> we we um, we all played together at the same time, mm -hmm. and uh, we didn't use a click this time. Uh, so we, you know, we, our intent was to make it as live as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, so when I say yes and no, the no part is, um, we, you know, it's a process we fell into a, a couple of records ago, actually, we play each tune maybe four or five times and then, um, then, then, uh, edit those into the, into the take that you hear on the record. Oh, cool. So. So uh, I don't know if that's live or not. What What do you think? I, I'm, I'm going to say I, yes. I'm going to yeah. say yes. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. I think other people are doing it that way too. So it's uh, and and this one, um, it it does feel it ends up feeling more more live to me than some of the, our past projects too. It's because it, the guys have been leaning on me uh, about that. I think we were talking about this last time. We talk, yeah, we did talk about yeah. that in the last episode. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, I think you you can hear it. You know, I'm I'm hearing it as I uh, listen to it again. You know, when they when the discs came the other day, I put one in to make sure it was okay, and I, and I I listened and I thought, wow, this you know this really is a band, you know, because with you can hear the cats talking to each other on there, like somebody will play a little 
rhythmic idea and then another guy will pick it up you know what i mean yeah so for sure a lot of of uh a lot of interplay on there which uh does give uh, as live of a feel as we possibly can mm-hmm. you know even though we're uh on stage or not on stage and uh in a studio trying to make it as tight as possible right and and the band's great um andy jim and phil Oh, thanks. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's some excellent stuff. And how long have y'all been playing together? Oh, it it's uh well, um Jim and Phil, the the rhythm section guys, um I've I've known them and, and played in many contexts with them uh at least thirty years, you know. Um of some of my oldest friends and colleagues mm-hmm. right there. And then Andy Brown on the guitar is, um, uh, he's the youngster in the band, but he's also been living here in, uh, in, in this area for, uh, oh, I, you know, more than a decade. I think he's been playing in my group for 10 or 12 years. Something oh, like wow. That. He's killer too. Uh, this is a, if anybody here listening is got a, jazz guitar playing friend might not be listening to this podcast uh send him the way of don's new album because holy moly there's some tasty stuff too on the guitar yeah that, thanks for saying that and and i would add that a lot of people are already gonna they they may have already heard of andy brown because he's like i i i call him the king of youtube <laughs> he's he's got um he puts up uh youtube projects of uh some of his solo jazz guitar concerts and uh going back like a few years now four or five years he he would have a solo jazz guitar concert and he'd put it on youtube and he's got a couple of them that have a million hits holy cow yeah Yeah, seriously he's he's really uh well respected in that community you know the jazz guitar guys are all checking him out all the time yeah i can see why. so if people uh (laughs) If people like the sound of this record of mine, they they probably will end up looking at uh, some of his other things too. He's got several records of his own out as well, but uh, he's especially well fl- followed on the on the screen there. That's awesome. And the, another great thing I love on the um, on the uh, back of the album here that you sent me is that you have the instruments that are played on the tracks, which I think is so oh, yeah. cool, man. All right, so let's dive in. Let's start with track one. You guys come out. I, uh, I wrote in my notes, you're swinging like the 2016 Cubbies. <laughs> <laughs> you're too kind. Oh, man, it's so great, though. I want to be happy. story behind that one well um you know i definitely wanted to open with uh a swinging number you know uh and and a happy sounding number because that's kind of what we do 
in the group, uh, for one thing. And then also this specific uh, swing number, I want to be happy. Uh, of course, uh, my connection to it is uh, it's one of the tracks on uh, Playing It Straight by Homer and Jethro. You know, so it's, it's uh, uh, you know, I, so I think of it as a Jethro tune. It's, it's, a, it's a jazz standard. He didn't write it, but I've, I've, uh, I've got that uh, whole Playing It Straight record kind of uh, uh, etched in my in my heart, you know, for all these years. And, right. and uh, so I, I finally got a chance to uh, try to make my version of, of that tune. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm always having that stuff on my mind. Sure. It felt, it, it feel, felt good. It seemed like it came out. Okay. Yeah. It came out great. Is that where you got the uh, title? Is that straight ahead? Is that a play on the Jethro? Oh, a home and Jethro title? Uh, uh, actually, no, I just, uh, uh, that's a, a phrase you hear, uh, or I don't know, maybe used to hear, but you know, the, the jazz cats are always saying, saying that to, uh, each other. And, uh, you see several other jazz records named that, um, couple people might be at the gig together and, and then they, at the end of the night, it's time to go home and, and, uh. Uh, you know, okay, I'll see you next week on the on the next gig. And the other guy says, "Yeah, man, straight ahead." <laughs> you know, <laughs> nice. It's like a approval or, um, you know, just kind of a a catchphrase. It's also used to describe the style of jazz. Uh, you know, frequently people will will say, uh, "Oh, so and so's got a new record on. What are they playing? Uh, are they playing like?" free jazz or modal jazz or whatever. And then the, the answer might be, oh, no, it's just straight ahead. They're just playing st straight ahead, meaning, you know, like the material that I have on this record, it's just, you know, recognizable tunes and, and um, you know, just improvising in, in a in like mainstream uh, jazz sort of way. Nothing too, nothing too outside. Right, right. So there's some of the meanings of that of that phrase. And, and then uh, track two is witchcraft. I got uh, started playing witchcraft a while back um, and singing it. Uh, and yeah, I was going like to say it's a vocal tune uh, traditionally. Right. Yeah. You, uh, well, and m most of them are, but uh, this one is is particularly known um, in in that area because uh, I mean, there's been a thousand great versions of it, but one in particular that. Uh, a lot of people have noticed this by the great Frank Sinatra. And uh, I always say on stage when I'd be out there singing it, I say I'd include a, a, every set that I play, no matter where I am, anywhere in the world, 
I always include uh, a tune by the great Frank Sinatra because of the strong physical resemblance that I bear to <laughs> to Frank Sinatra. But uh, I didn't have the I didn't have the courage to you know include the vocal on this one, but. But I I have you know completely fallen in love with the tune, so we we tried to swing through it. It's a great uh, you know the the harmony on the tune, the chord changes are just fantastic and you know fun to fun to play with. It's also been covered instrumentally. You know the jazz guys, uh, Bill Evans has a particularly great version of it, and uh, and then my hero George Benson has it on uh, one of his bootleg albums and you know on and on it goes so that's how that one got there i love the uh your comping on it too behind the guitar stuff really really stands out i mean i love your comping stuff anyway it's always amazing and your course on sound slice for the comping is just a brain buster (laughs) oh wow thanks that's a spot where uh i heard one of the things i was just talking about where you know, Andy will play something on the guitar mm-hmm. and a certain rhythm, rhythm uh, figure. You know, and then I would answer it on the comping. Yeah, I think that I think that did happen right on that tune. Yeah, that's so cool, man. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to slaughter track three here, but I believe it's Anuman. <laughs> Yeah, I believe so, too. Uh, yeah, if we have any French listeners out there, if you could give us a definition of Anuman, if you could email me. Uh, yeah, please. Or me. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm dying done. to find out what it is. Yeah. What's the what's the story behind that track? Well, um, a favorite Django Reinhardt uh, tune, of course. But there's kind of a mandolin connection uh, for me, uh I'm pretty sure it was on a record by the great uh, violin player Richard Green, and he he made uh, uh, some time back uh, a record of duets, and he recorded that tune, and uh, the whole band was himself on the fiddle and a fellow named David Grisman playing the mandolin. Now, who is this David Grisman? <laughs> well. You know, I'm not sure, but he really sounded great on that tune. <laughs> yeah, <I bet>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I mean, I think that was my my first exposure to the tune was that that record, uh, and you know, I've kind of had it stuck in my head uh, all these years. I always wanted to try to play it, and we have been playing it with the group, you know, the, the last few years. Um, you know, so there it is, and great bass solo on it too. Oh yeah, and the uh, arco, right? Yeah, was, yes, with the with, with the, the bow. bow. Yep. Yeah. 
the one of I always jot down what if I have paper near me when I'm listening to anything like licks to work on and there the lick coming out of that bass solo is a the descending one is a classic yeah and uh you know I'm always looking for the just the right place for a bass solo and I think that was it uh and I it's also I think the first time that Jim has done an Arco solo. Oh, on, no kidding. Uh, our our records, yeah. He's got solos here and there, you know, regular pizzicato, uh, jazz pizzicato stuff, but uh, we cut him loose on the bow there. Yeah, that's sweet. Really cool stuff. It fits the mood of the tune for sure, which is, you know, it's, uh, you know beautiful ballad kind of stuff. Yeah, he nailed it. Um, and then next track is I'm Old Fashioned. Standards of all standards, I guess. <laughs> uh, but Jerome Kern, uh, and it's one of those great tunes that you can play it any which way, and it, mm-hmm. and, and it sounds uh, it sounds good, you know, any whatever tempo. And when we were in the studio, I I actually was, you know, on stage we had been playing it fast, faster than it is on the record, but. Uh, for some reason, when we sat down, I think that might have been the first tune of the batch that we recorded, and it came out as kind of a more gentle, uh, medium tempo thing. We got done and we listened to the take, and I said, "Oh, I think I was wanting to do it faster." And all the cats said, "No, man, <laughs> just just leave it like that." Uh, I said, "Well, why?" And they said, "Listen to it; it feels so good. That's you need that." So. That's where that one was. Yeah, that's so. How do you, uh, when you say like the standard, standard, standards? Like, how do you um, how do you determine like when you're because there's so many great standards out uh, there. Like, how do you determine when you're gonna like this is the one that's got to go on the album? Well, uh, here here lately, I'm I'm mostly I'm mostly just going with uh, you know the criteria is if I feel like it or not, if I really, <laughs> yeah. and I hate, to, I know that sounds terrible. No, but, not at all. Uh, that it really has come, come to that, which is like, Hey, I'm going to play this one. I love it. Yeah. And, uh, and there seems to be a payoff for that too, which is, uh, hopefully people hear it and they say, Oh yeah, he must love that song. Uh, in the, you know, through the years I've, I've looked at it in other ways too, which is, you know, if this if the song is instantly recognizable, you know, so popular that everybody and their grandparents have been hearing it for a hundred years, uh, or if it, uh, you know, on another level is maybe beaten up too much, you know, there are some standards that I, I you know, I, uh, 
you get requested or I think about doing them and I think, well, I, I don't know if the world needs another version of that one. Sure. So this one, uh, I'm old fashioned was kind of in the cracks there. And, uh, I just sort of couldn't resist doing it because, uh, like witchcraft, it's it, the, the chord pattern is just so, uh, nice. It's so, so rich. It's, I mean, there, you get, uh, a few different keys to walk through and pretty melody and there you have it <laughs> so good and then we have uh, i know i'm gonna mess this one up too estamos ahí. Yeah, I think that's right. Estamos uh, ahí, uh, being Portuguese, I believe. Uh, the translation is, we are here, or we are there, and uh, one, one of those. Mm -hmm. uh, the composer on that is a great um, chromatic harmonica player from Brazil, name of uh, Maurizio Einhorn. And, uh, but you, you know, you know where I picked up this tune, where I got inspired to learn it? No, no, where? It's on a mandolin record, of course. Uh, there was, well, this goes back a few years now, but it was, um, a record called Dos Bambas do Bandolim, which means 12 mandolin or, or a 10 or 12 uh, <laughs> mandolin monsters, right? Oh, so yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it was a it's a great uh, collection of of the great young uh, and old uh, choral uh, mandolin players Holy of cow. that time. Yeah, I wonder if that's still out there. Like in I print. think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Well, I know what I'm, I'm doing this afternoon. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, you you definitely want to track that down. It's a beautiful record. I mean, Hamilton J. Holanda is on there on a track, and um, Dudu Maya, my good friend, is is on there on a track and, and several other of the, uh, you know, contemporary, uh, choro players. I think Armandinho might be on a, on a track as well. I should have taken it out when we were talking to him, but, uh, anyway, I fell in love with that tune and, uh, uh, I, you know, I transcribed it. I've been teaching it at the camps here and there. And, uh, our drummer, Phil Gratteau, uh, is expert in Brazilian rhythms. He's he played for a lot of years with uh, uh, Chicago's best uh, Brazilian jazz group, Made in Brazil. And uh, so uh, we played it on stage a couple of times, and he just makes it feel so good. I had it's had to record it. Yeah, the feel of this tune is perfect. It's a perfect like middle track of the album too. I think the way you have it um, laid in there because it's stands out it's different but it's it's like right in the right spot too oh thank you yeah um, absolutely uh, i like how you think there uh, that's good <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you don <laughs> next track here pick yourself up another one where i wrote down 
uh, Descending Lick at around 145 is what I wrote down. I've listened to it a few times, but it's like this killer lick with like a descending and hammer-ons, and I'm like, wow. mean on the guitar or the no or mandolin the oh oh yeah I, all you you mean i played a did i play a good lick <laughs> you did i think you <laughs> there, now there I, I just said i like how you think but i think you might need to you might want to go and listen again <laughs> just uh, to see yeah no definitely definitely mandolin <laughs> well well that one uh you know, every everybody knows pick yourself up that there's another one like we we're just talking with i'm old-fashioned you know like one of the most standard of all standards. Uh, and wasn't it in a, uh, where did it come out in a Disney uh, film or uh, maybe even an older film than that? Nothing's impossible. I have found, da-da-da-da-da-da. Pick yourself up, brush yourself off, start all over again, right? Yeah, That's yeah. It. I was driving with my daughter and she literally said, this sounds, sounds like it could be in a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, and so naturally, uh, you know, I do it without singing it, <laughs> which you would think that would would have been decent enough to put the vocal on there, so everybody would know what what it is. But it, that one was actually inspired by, uh, uh, you know, I've had this in the back of my mind to do for a thousand years too, because of a record by uh, a jazz clarinetist name of Buddy DeFranco. And there's a great record of uh, him with the Oscar Peterson uh, trio. Mm. And uh, this would have come out like 1950 something, you know, like I think even before I was born. And uh, so uh, what they did on that record was they basically played bebop on on the changes of Pick Yourself Up for like nine minutes and and buddy defranco uh plays beautiful melodic solos like one after the other i i counted them one time and i don't but you know i don't know if it's 20 some choruses but he just he plays forever never stops swinging and uh, you know it's inspired me for so long i sort of had to do that one too my own attempt at at, at playing in that fashion you know? <laughs> yeah Next one up is a almost like being in love. So I guess we got a theme going here as far as uh, uh, standards, right? Um, this one's great because there's a lot of lot of chordy playing in it. Oh yeah, I I stated the melody there. Um, 
uh, chord melody style, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's great. And I had done that, um, I worked up that chord melody some time back, um, and I did it uh, solo on uh, David Benedict's uh, show, the uh, Mandolin Monday. Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it seemed like people liked it. Pe- there's a good number of people looked at that, so I thought, well, maybe I'll do that with the, with the group and uh, see how it turns out. I had uh, the original inspiration for this was uh, another thing that I've been teaching at the camps too. Uh, um, Charlie Parker made a, a record with a big band um, where he played this, and I had transcribed some some parts of his soloing on it because it's just so thrilling. You know, just so beautiful, and uh, you know, worked out some of the phrases that uh, he played on his record and show them at the camps and stuff. So I, it's another another tune that has been rolling around in my head for uh, an awful long time, and uh, I think it kind of it came out okay. Oh, it came out I was going to say it's a. Uh, I was going to say earlier that it's a uh, Learner and Low, Alan J. Learner. Uh, Frederick Lowe and the sh- the the show a Broadway show it was in was uh, Brigadoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you're going to find uh, you know uh, you know people like Ella Fitzgerald and uh, Judy Garland and uh, you, you know all the the uh, the swinging standard or show tune singers that everybody has it out like that. You have a real cool outro on it as well that I liked. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I love the way it lays out. It's, I was like, oh, wound it twice. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I tried to I tried to take that um that's part of the chord sequence that makes the tune interesting to me, like where it goes to the four chord and then the four sharp diminished yeah. and then the one and then the four sharp diminished. So I I took that little segment and extended it. Um uh, it's not a real long jam, but it's you know, we opened it up a little bit there at the end. Then uh we go into a touch of your lips and this note I have here, I could have um, used it through the entire album, but one of the really, really outstanding things on this album is your tremolo um, throughout the entire thing. It is just so smooth and even. Um, It's inspiring. Your right hand must be exhausted (laughs) after recording (laughs) some of these tracks, man, because it's just, yeah, it's great. Well, thanks. Uh, Sometimes you know, especially with this, with these, the, the type of tune that we're playing, uh, 
it seems like the tremolo is a good fit, you know, when it's a real, like Touch of Your Lips, for example, is a, it's, a, it's a real pretty song. It's a, it's a beautiful song of love. And um, most of the time done as a ballad, but it can also swing. And we put it sort of in between those two. And, uh, you know, I think it's, a, it's one of those where the, the, it's only natural to tremolo on a tune like that, you know, like sort of there's something about uh, the tremolo can emphasize the melody and, uh, you know, that, that aspect of the tune that uh, just try to try to make it sing since we're not actually singing on this one. <laughs> we have the mandolin sing. And then that leads right into actually Vibra Choice. I'm saying that right. Again, tremolo. You are. Awesome. Awesome. That's uh, another really pretty tune. What's the story behind this one for you? Well, um, uh, the, the, I, the Choro stuff, uh, I got turned on to a long, long time ago. Uh, a couple of my heroes, uh, right around the same time period, turned me on to Choro music. One uh, was that fellow again that uh, I think you heard of, named David Grisman. <laughs> Yeah, he loaned me a tape of of the great Jacodo Bondolim, and uh, uh, you know the same thing has happened to Mike Marshall, but he's done done more with it obviously than I have. But you know, uh, David, uh, well, David kind of exposed all of us to to uh, choral music, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they, uh, acoustic Disc put out those first two volumes uh, of the masterworks of uh, Jaco Dobandolim, who's he's the composer of Vibra Choice. But, uh, you know, so that, that was my introduction to that type of music long, long ago. Um, another guy was right here in town, Howard Levy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he. I went over to his place and uh, we started listening to, to Choro Records and, until his wife threw me out of the house like <laughs> 4 a.m., you know. <laughs> and Howard, Howard, he he wasn't mad or anything, but you know, like his wife starts throwing me out of the house, and he says, "Hey, man, we haven't even played yet. We've just been listening. To, we haven't even played. You can't go now." <laughs> I didn't know he plays mandolin as well. Like he's obviously a. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, he's, he's killer harmonica yeah. player, obviously. He's not a harmonica player. He's the harmonica player. Yeah, the harmonica yeah. player. He basically reinvented the the harmonica. But uh, yeah, he's a, uh, just a beautiful multi instrumentalist. You know, uh, uh, piano, harmonica, uh, ocarina, uh, which nobody ever hears him play, uh, but he can play bebop heads on an ocarina. And mandolin, uh, for sure. In fact, Jethro himself told me, he says, you know, the greatest mandolin player is this guy, Howard Levy. 
And luckily, he doesn't play it very often because we'd be all out of work. <laughs> and and that's, uh, that's, that's pretty, too. I think he has been picking it up a little bit more lately. But, yeah, he's just an unbelievable player as well as, uh, you know, he's heavily into the Brazilian music, too. But then anyway, closer to the to current time, uh, you know, I, in, in the last several years, I got to uh, meet and befriend the great Dudu Maya. And uh, Dudu is from a, uh, a town, uh, I think it's called Brasilia in Brazil. And uh, he plays, of course, with uh, his own band with the Laura Brothers, and they call it uh, Trio Brasileiro. And uh, they have a version out uh, from a live uh, concert they did in New York City uh, at a club where they play uh, Viva Choice. And I heard that a, a few years ago. And when I got done crying, I, <laughs> I thought, I need to learn this tune and play it. It's just too beautiful. So Yeah, it's a beautiful version, too. I love oh, it. Thank you. Absolutely. And then you uh, you enter on a groovy tune here, uh, which I love, uh, which is track 10, It's You or No One. joke around on stage it's not a joke though but I've, when I introduce Andy Brown I tell everybody that in spite of the fact that he's the youngest member of the band uh, you know by a generation he uh, he knows more about everything than all the rest of us in the band <laughs> he's the guy that knows everything uh, you know what show was his tune in who wrote it how many records did it sell? You know, he's just encyclopedic. Wow. Yeah, yeah, cool. You can tell by the way he plays. Uh, he just knows everything. And uh, so uh, we played it on stage one night, and I said, okay, Andy, what, where does this one come from? Well, he says it's from a movie uh, that Doris Day starred in, and it's called uh, Romance on the High Seas. And sure enough, and I think it's Benny Goodman's band backing her up in the movie, oh, you know, no like kidding. a, yeah, their rhythm section or something. And uh, uh, sure enough, Doris Day, uh, she introduced a lot of tunes uh, in that, you know, Great American Songbook type tunes. A lot of them, just like Fred Astaire before her, had been the main movie star, uh, Broadway show star kind of guy that would be called upon to introduce a new hit song you know doris day was that person a little bit later and uh even jethro used to tell me like if you want to get good tunes now buddy listen to those doris day numbers in the movies they all they're all good ones <laughs> so 
so that's what it's you or no one is. But in my own case, what really got me in the frame of mind, oh, I have to play this one, was a version by the great Wes Montgomery. Oh, cool. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I just got a, a record that was a reissue of, st- or an original issue, rather, of live stuff that he did in his youth back in Indianapolis. And uh, I heard that it was just so fantastic. You know, I just said, oh, okay, we're going to do this one now. I'm glad you and, did. <laughs> and it does kind of, I, I swings a little harder than some of the earlier tracks. So, we, you know, hopefully it's a bit of a bookend, you know, we open with, uh, open with, I want to be happy and close out with you. It's you or no one. So we're kind of trying to go from swing to swing. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's sequenced really well. The whole album is. Um, Thank you. That's a tough. I don't know if people have, if people have never recorded an album. That might be the hardest part. <laughs> I think it's the hardest part. Um, you know what? You're right. It's uh, you know you juggle them around about ten or twenty times before they see where they're going to land, right? Yeah, for sure. Even with a small number of tunes like this, is ten ten tunes, but you know, throw them around and see see what how they flow the best well it's another great album from you and um it's funny you would say andy he does seem encyclopedic because before i had gotten um the album cover i was like i wonder who the guys are playing guitar on here i didn't know if you had multiple guitar players or not because he's like a chameleon he can yeah yeah that's cool oh yeah he he uh i hope people will will check it out of course but i think when they do they'll 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 notice that very thing it's it, he definitely sounds like more than one guitar player yeah <laughs> from yeah. time to time you know he's uh switching between single note playing and and chordal chord melody chord comping and uh he plays all those roles uh really well and sometimes at all all at the same time yeah in fact, you... i kid him i kid him about that too i said if he's on stage, he's he's up there like not stone faced, but you know almost expressionless. <laughs> and and I'll say, dude, you have to let the people in the audience know how hard uh, what you're doing is. <laughs> you know, so we practice our jazz face, you know, and like all you know, scrunching up our face and scowling and absolutely, you know, the face of pain. Make it look or, like work. <laughs> yeah, or or you know, and then balance that with a big laugh. I said, otherwise people won't know. They'll think that anybody can do that stuff. It's a, it. He really does play uh, his own way. You know, it's it's like uh, you know, there's things that other other guitar players can only dream of. And I know that because I own a guitar myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're quite. The, you, there's that. There's a video of you playing guitar with Jethro at like a house party out there on YouTube. Uh huh. That's great, man. Well, thank you. I, you know, I just try to get the right chords, and <laughs> that's that's enough of a challenge for me. I mean, this, and and I'm the luckiest man in the world. Like I've said so many times, I get these guys that are kind enough to play gigs with me and record with me, and they're capable of uh, the whole thing. You know, they're, yeah. they're just, they're, they're covering this material every which way. Yeah. Uh, well, it says a lot about you that you've been playing with them so long as well. Cause you know, you know, if, if you weren't as great a person, a great a player, these guys, 
you know, they'd find other gigs. They're sticking, they're sticking around with you because, because you're so excellent and such a genuinely nice person. It's, well, it's great. Hold on, hold on a second. I think there is something wrong with the connection there on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is, it, is that better now? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, I got right? you now. I got you. <laughs> So you also played you played two different mandolins on this album. You played your your nugget, but you also mm-hmm. played that Epidius, that jazz that jazz style mandolin on on three of the tracks. Yeah. Uh, how uh, do how do you decide um, which tracks to uh, to break that one out on? Well, uh, of the ten tunes, uh, you know, seven of them are with uh, the t- my my two point mm-hmm. nugget, which. Uh, uh, I sometimes uh, call old reliable. You know, I mean that's that's my my home uh, sound or my voice, if you will. Sure. And uh, uh, the Yorkville Jazz uh, Oliver Epidius made for me came more recently, and uh, so I'm introducing that on three of the tracks. Uh, as far as which ones, um, they're on the two Brazilian tunes. And also on almost like being in love, mm-hmm. and and there's reasons for that. Um, the the tone of the of the apidius, uh the tone and the sustain, I think, are really particularly well suited for that material. So the uh, uh, like on Estamos I and uh, uh, Viva Choice, for example, uh, the 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 vibe of that mandolin is closer to like a Jacozo bandolim sound. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's brighter and, um, and it sustains in a different, a different way, you know, a little, a little longer. I think, you, you know, you can hold a note and it'll, it'll, uh, sing for a little bit longer and, and, it, you know, combining that with the brightness, I think makes it, uh, that mandolin, especially handy for, for the Choro type stuff. And then also um, those same qualities help on the chord melody, which is why I put it on almost like being in love. Right, right. Um, the the notes are real well separated on there. And the, the fact that they're a little bit brighter sounding means that if you hit a, a melody in, in, with four notes, um, they all speak pretty clearly. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah those um, the chord voicings on there come through loud and clear on the recording yeah it seems like that's you know those are uh the strengths of that instrument among among others of course uh, <laughs> right that, that uh it's a, it's super clear and uh and and it rings uh you know for a good long while so it makes it handier for those those two styles and it's cool looking <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like a it, it looks like a little jazz guitar. Yeah, and, uh, that's so neat. Which is it's kind of funny because some of the times when I take it out and play it, uh, you know, people uh, say, you know, now here's Don Sternberg and he's playing his little guitar. <laughs> I'm like, and I, you know, it's all I can do to not jump off of my seat and say no. Uh, at least they're not calling it ukulele. That's the uh, that's when I get all right. the time. Like, come on, man. I mean, decades of fighting for the mandolin cause, and then you know have somebody say, "Oh, it's here he is with his little guitar." 
<laughs> so are you um are you doing any virtual camps here coming up? I think um did I see you on one coming up at the end of the month? Yeah. Uh, uh kind of two coming up at the end of the month. I okay. guess one isn't a camp, it's just one day. But the uh starting with the, the camp one, uh I should have my calendar in front of me, but uh virtual mandolin camp is uh assembled by the great Matt Flinner. Ah, oh, yes. And uh, I think it's the 29th we start, and we we go that week, Monday through Friday. And um, the staff uh, is Matt, of course, and myself, and then uh, two other very dear friends, uh, David Surrett, and uh, who's that other guy? It's a really good bluegrass guy. I think you've heard of him. Alan Bybee. Oh yeah, I think I've. Does he know? Yeah. Does he know David Grisman? <laughs> he, I, he said he did. Yeah. Oh man, that's a great camp. Yeah. When Matt asked me, I said, "Well, you know, I sort of can't believe it, but I'm definitely going to uh, be there." I'm, you know, thank you so much because those are three of my uh, favorite favorite guys and uh, favorite players. And also stylistically, it spreads us around, you know, so yeah, there yeah. should be something uh, for everybody um, at the virtual mandolin camp. Uh, and there's, um, there's got to be some spots still available. Sure. Yeah, the virtual ones, I think, for the most part, are pretty, well, maybe not unlimited, I guess. I, there's probably well, yeah, that, cap. That's what I was going to say. There, yeah. There's probably sp- spots available because it's limitless seating when there <laughs> right, are no right. seats. but it's going to be fun Uh, uh, you know we each do a class each day and then in the evening uh, there's like a uh, a gathering where all of us will be on the call and we'll do some little mini concert sets each one of us and question and answers you know in the early evening I guess but uh, Oh, and I was saying about the style. So, you know, Matt's going to uh, be talking about fiddle tunes. Alan's going to be talking about bluegrass. I'm going to be talking about swing. And um, the great David Surratt uh, on uh, Celtic styles. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he could he could teach, David could teach any style, but he's, uh, uh, he's going to handle the, the Celtic stuff because that's a real strength of his. Well, Don, congratulations on the new album. It's incredible. Oh, um, I can't wait for people to hear it. I hope they run out and buy it today. Um, this will actually this will be airing today. And um, yeah, and uh, thank you for. I gotta back up, and I'm sorry about this, but I, yeah. I gotta I gotta back up and mention the other online thing. Oh yeah, that's right. There were two. Yeah, that happens, and it's just a one day thing. Uh, uh, on the 24th, which I think is a Wednesday. And this is uh, uh, the Isolationist Guide to the Mandolin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is a a series of one-day online gatherings that uh, are curated by uh, our buddy up in Canada, Andrew Collins. And if you haven't had him on the show, you probably have. but I have. Yeah, so you know. Absolutely. Actually, I was uh, I watched the last one two weeks uh-huh. ago, um, and it was uh, Jake 
Jolliffe, Matt Flinner, and that's where I know the name that David Grisman from. That's it was him. Oh, oh, was he on there too? <laughs> he was. Why Ooh. did they let him on there? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a banger. Uh, those those things are incredible. Uh, um, who do you know who you're going to be on there with? Yeah, I do. Um, this one, you know, uh, Andrew is doing this thing where each one has a different theme, I guess. And uh, the one that uh, is the 24th is the jazz edition. And so uh, he has himself and myself and Isaac Iker oh, is yeah. going to be on. He was just on the podcast and, a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I think he'll be back on with the uh, – uh, oh, he's on your podcast. Yep, yeah, yes. beautiful. And he'll be there uh, – on this jazz edition of the isolationist guide. And then they've got this guy from Texas. Oh, uh, I think I know who you're going to say. Yeah. He's my favorite of the, uh, uh, of the swing and jazz guys. And that's my buddy, Paul glass. Also uh, a podcast podcast guest. What a great guy too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, I, you know, can't wait to see him. And, uh, and I'm supposed to, you know, be teaching or, ma- or at least make- making interesting comments there or helpful comments, but I'm afraid, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of kind of afraid I'll, I'll probably mostly just be listening to those <laughs> other guys because they really know what how to do this stuff. <laughs> those those isolationist guides to mandolin are just awesome, man. I would if if people are listening here and haven't. Haven't tuned in. Today's the old time one, actually, with Sharon Gilchrist and Caleb Cloder. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I will tune in. I'm put, writing that down now. June 24th, I will be there. Yeah, have everybody come to both the the, the uh, isolationist uh, guide and then the uh, the and virtual the virtual camp. Can't yeah, go wrong virtual with virtual camp. We got a we got a theme going here too. You know, you can come see us online, and uh, that's right. Love to see you. Awesome. You know? Well, thank you so much again, Don. Congratulations on the album. You're the best, buddy. Uh, thank you very much, Daniel. And I think uh, you meant to say that you're the best. Oh, man. <laughs> or as I like to say, uh, in, in instances like this, I like to say you're the greatest and everybody knows it. <laughs> thank you so much, man. All right, buddy. There you go. Don Sternberg. Go out and get his brand new album straight ahead immediately. You can get it um, on his website. He's got a Bandcamp version. It'll be at the streaming places, uh, I believe, here by the end of the week. Um, So cheers, everybody, next week. Nate Lee, and uh, have a great week.